Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a at a point right now where they're I think clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history, uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. This league is insane. Yeah, it might be like one of those eight wonders of the world. <laughs> and you can see just what a great group of five conference it really is. It, it's a big deal. Boy, life is looking pretty good in the Sun Belt these days. Sunbelt Podcast episode, what are we, 14 or 15? It's 15, right? We're at 15, man. We're, we're, we're right there, way past episodes. the Baker's Dozen. We're, we're rolling on. Good gravy. My name's Jeremy Harper. I write uh, HowRazor.com. I'm with Dusty Thibodeau of the Warhawk Report. We are not without this. We are without the services of our other partner in crime, Ben Moore. He's out for the day. It's just going to be us and You know, normally we would talk a little bit about football because we're in the middle of football season, but we are going to talk a little bit about Sunbelt basketball today, considering that practice has started, official practices have started. Dusty, what do the Warhawks look like this year? Yeah, I I think the Warhawks for basketball, it's going to be a year where they they have a lot of new faces on the roster. They just got to kind of get these guys to play together. Yeah. And their success really is determined by how quickly they gel and okay. how quickly, um, you know, Coach Richard can can kind of get them playing as one. We've seen in the past where he had a, a, a new roster back in the days of Nick Coppola and Tyler Ongwai and, and that whole crew. He got him going the first year and, you know, it was a great run there. Those three, four years of constantly going into the C-level tournaments, uh, being in the middle of the pack upper end of the middle of Sunbelt Conference standings. So, you know, it, it's it could be a good year. It could be another bad year this year. It, it's it's really a 50-50 toss-up. Now, Dusty, you were talking about how it's a lot of new faces with the Warhawks. Completely different animal in Jonesboro. The team that we saw last year is almost 100% the team we're going to get this year with the addition of a guy named Desi, Sill, Desi Sills, who was a state champion from Jonesboro High back in the day, went to the University of Arkansas. He was on that Elite Eight Arkansas team from last season, decided to transfer, uh, was first connected with Auburn. Auburn and Desi did not hook up in the way that they thought they would. Now he's back at Arkansas State. 
And we're actually pretty excited about the season. We've got the offensive player of the, or the rookie of, of the uh, Sunbelt rookie of the year with uh, Norchad O'Meara. We've got all these guys returning so they know how to play with each other. So, you know, I, I think it's sort of a make it or break it year for Coach Bellotto. He's, he's finally got the team that he wants. He's got the superstar that he wants. So now we're going to see how that works out in Jonesboro and hopefully it'll lead to some wins. But we're not going to talk about Arkansas State. We're not going to talk about the Warhawks right now. We're going to talk about Troy Trojans and Scott Cross. I feel like Scott Cross is right there when it comes to X's and O's. He just, and for recruiting, I think that he is a great talent. I think he's somebody that when you see his basketball teams play, they're always very exciting, always very fundamental, always very big. Uh, I remember those Scott Cross teams at UTA just, just having dominating forwards and, 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 and big men out there. So I'm actually looking forward to see how Scott Cross says he's going to rebuild the Trojans, who had some years of, of moderate success in the last five, not last year, of course, but they're a team that, can, that, that you can build on. I would like to see what Scott, Scott Cross's plan is for that. And he joins us now to talk Troy Is Trojan he in the green room? basketball. He was he apparently I mean, he's stuck he in the back door or something. Coach, welcome <laughs> in. What's going really good? Uh, obviously, we've got a, a a lot more players on our roster this year with the super seniors uh, coming back. Uh, Nick Stampling and Khalil Waters for us, and we were able to basically, I guess you would say, oversign because of the super seniors with two guys and then we have uh three walk-ons so we we have 18 guys so i mean it's really really helped our intensity and in practices uh we're able to have three you know full groups of, of five plus a sub so you can do a lot of different things it just uh we're, we're way way far uh, ahead of where we were at this point last year just because of the numbers and and having a full roster and so it's uh I like what I see so far. Our guys have really been getting after it. Uh, there's a lot more talent than what we've had in, in, in the previous two years. Uh, I think we addressed our shooting deficiencies. I think we addressed our uh, kind of deficiency of not being very big or physical inside with a couple of guys. And so uh, I, I like what I see so far. You know, Scott, uh, or, or, uh, Coach Cross, that's probably a better way to say it. Coach, when I think of those old UTA teams, I think of big teams. I think of big forwards. I think of big inside men. Do you have that at Troy this year? You're talking about maybe we need to get a little bit bigger. Are you still looking to get bigger, or are you thinking maybe this is the team that is the right size as it is? No, I think this team uh, definitely is is more uh, like those teams in terms of size. Uh, you know, those, those teams that we had, uh, we, we had – big link Cabot Ayunde, who was seven foot one, maybe even seven foot two. Well, actually his younger brother signed here, Nate Shimonga. Uh, Nate's not quite as big as link. He's six ten, but he plays a small forward. So uh, very, very uh, agile got ha has great feet, very good finisher. So, I mean, you could see us playing a six ten guy at the small forward. Uh, Effie Odigi uh, is a transfer from UTEP. We recruited him really, really hard, myself and Coach Mangrum. Uh, when we were at UTA, that was one of the last guys that we recruited. He <clears throat> ended up uh, signing at Fresno State. Then Rodney Terry took the UTEP job. He went with uh, Coach Terry over to UTEP. Uh, Coach Jones, who was on staff there at Fresno, was staying to, to hopefully get the head job there. It didn't work out, and so... Um, 
you know, now Coach Jones is on my staff. And so basically we had three guys that recruited him really, really hard, uh, you know, coming out of high school. And so it kind of fell in our lap. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's every bit of 6'8", 250 pounds, uh, can really score the basketball, has a lot of maturity, uh, works his butt off. I mean, he's a guy that's in there just about every morning before we even start practicing, working on his game. And, um, you know, he's definitely helped our culture. He's, uh, he, he's raised the bar for us. Uh, we were doing our defensive boot camp uh, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I gave the guys a short water break and he made all the guys stand up. He's like, it's boot camp. We don't sit down in boot camp. And I was <laughs> like, all right, great idea. We'll, we'll make it a little bit harder. And so from that point forward, uh, you know, I mean, it was an hour and a half straight of defensive drills. I give them maybe three water breaks for a minute so they're they're on their feet moving the entire time and so I like the mentality that he brings uh and, and he'll definitely give us an inside presence and some toughness inside well coach cross you just talked about recruiting how you've been recruiting players how did Troy recruit you I mean, how, how did that happen how did you end up in Troy Alabama so I guess uh, when we came in the Sun Belt, I, I remember uh, going on a jog down the, the main street by Troy and, and running down the football field, by the baseball field, down by the arena, by the golf course, tennis courts, and just thinking like, man, this is a really pretty campus. Like, this is nice. And then obviously we know what happened in, in Arlington. And then I went, I was fortunate enough to get on with Coach Dixon at TCU, and then uh, th this job came available. Uh, I, I, I have an agent, Will Reese, and I guess they reached out to him. Uh, I met with the athletic director um, at the time, and, and we had some good conversations. There was a couple other jobs that were, that were open, but this was one that I, I, you know, just because of that experience there in the facility that I knew it was a spot, I felt like that it had uh, – everything that you need to be successful. And, um, you know, my wife liked the idea of it because it's two and a half hours from Destin. So it was kind of a little bit easier to convince the family to move. And um, yeah, it, was, it definitely worked out and was a, was a blessing. As a big fan of not only Sunbelt Conference basketball, but of you. I, I remember when you were a player, we were talking earlier, I, I swear you never left UTA for like 20 years or something like that because you went from yeah. player to assistant up to head coach. It, you know, you are UTA in my mind as always. But now that you're down at Troy, it's been four long years since that Trojan team has been in the postseason to uh, go to the big dance. What do you feel is the thing that you need to do to get this team going so that they can dance again? Well, I think, you know, the the first thing was the culture and that took a little bit longer. You know, not that it was – a bad culture. I'm not saying that at all. It's just a different type of culture. You know, anytime you have a new head coach, you know, there's a certain type of culture that that coach wants. And so the players that kind of fit who I am, guys that are going to buy into who I am, how I coach, uh, you know, so it, it was a little bit longer process than I, than I hoped. Uh, you know, we, we had that thing rolling and it was just kind of snowballing and, and the culture kind of built itself, you know, once we got it going. And so, you just kind of assume that that's going to happen. Uh, even though we were intentional about creating it, it just didn't happen quite as fast as, as we liked. Uh, I do think we're right there in terms of culture. You know, I, I think we have that established. You know, even last year, I thought we were really good defensively. Uh, the numbers may not 
show how good we were defensively because we were so bad offensively uh, that, you, you know, you turn the ball over, you take, you miss some shots. It leads to a lot easier baskets versus, you know, those UTA teams were putting the ball in the hole at a, at a high clip, which helps your defense. So um, I, I, I thought, you know, when, whenever we got back and we got our defense set, I thought we were really good in the half court defensively. And, you know, it showed in the in the conference tournament and in the game against Arlington. Like that shows like kind of what we're able to do when we play at a high level. And I think our guys, they kind of clicked in that game. And if we can, um, you know, if we can get to the point where we're playing like that consistently defensively, I think we can be uh, uh, definitely uh, have an opportunity to compete for a championship. We had uh, Commissioner Keith Gill on a couple weeks back. And he talked about the schedule kind of going back to a normal. Did you like the schedule last year where it was the doubleheader or do you like the kind of traditional, you'll see the two, the teams twice in the year, but not back to back? Yeah. I mean, it, it was mixed. I mean, um, you know, part of it, I guess was good. You know, you play Friday, Saturday, you save a lot of money on budgets. Uh, you're home, you see your family Saturday night. Uh, you have a Sunday off. Uh, you know, that part was good. Um, you know, it did get a little bit monotonous playing four teams, you know, and not playing some of the other teams. That, that was a little bit, uh, you know, of a challenge. But I was just glad that we had a season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we are getting back to a little bit normal of a, of a schedule and looking forward to playing every team in the league because, you know, I think if you're going to crown a true champion, you know, you have to play everybody otherwise – you know, you're looking at is the East better than the West or West better than the East. And I think on any given year, you know, that can kind of go back and forth. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's good uh, the direction that we're going now. So, Coach, we were talking a little little bit about your history in the Sun Belt. You're almost like a the patriarch of Sun Belt coaches in a way. You've been, you've been so embedded with the Sun Belt for a long time. Uh, as a player, as a coach, you've seen it all. One of the things the Sun Belt seems to have trouble with is, is putting its very best team into the NCAA tournament. It seems like something always thwarts that process. I know at UTA uh, that has you've been thwarted before by a hot team in the in the Sun Belt tournament. Is there any way to fix that in any way that Keith Gill hasn't thought of before, or is it just going to be have to be the luck of the draw? I mean, the only way that I think you can truly fix it is by taking the actual league winner, you know, and, and and have that be your automatic bid and then have the tournament and maybe find a way to send that, you know, the winner of that tournament to go to the NIT if it's a different team. Other than that, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, honestly the Sun Belt probably did it the best when, you know, you had double buys. I think that definitely, uh, you know, gives the, the, the top teams a huge advantage. Uh, you know, we had the unfortunate deal where uh, Jalen Jones, our second leading scorer, broke his wrist in the quarterfinal game. And then, you know, we play Texas State the next day and you play against a good Danny Casper defensive team and it's going to be hard to score. And so, uh, you know, we ran into some bad luck. But, um, yeah, I think that's that that's probably the only way to do it. I mean, the the thing about it, like the Sun Belt is so even, Um you know, like we finished at the bottom of the league, but I felt like, honestly, we could have beat just about anybody on the right night. You know, the night um, that we won that game in the tournament, we probably could have beat just about any team the way we played in that game. And so uh, I think you'll see 
even more that I think the Sun Belt is going to be the best it's ever been from top to bottom since I've been a part of the league. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be any easy games. I think every team's got players. I think in general, all of college basketball may be at its best this year just because of the super seniors, because everybody's, you know, the, the 13th, the 12th, 11th, uh, 11th, 12th, 13th guy on the team are leaving, and then you're replacing them with top JUCO guys, top transfers, uh, so or, or even high school guys that you probably couldn't have got two or three years ago. So I think college basketball is going to be its best this year. You were talking, you just said that you thought the Sun Belt was going to be really good this year. And I feel like the Sun Belt has just periods where it's not playing very good basketball. Mm. And then some years it does, it does play good yeah. basketball. Who do you think is going to be good this season? Who, besides Troy, we know Troy is going to yeah. be good, but who else do you, who are you looking for on the, in the radar? Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of teams, but I think, you know, you have to start with Georgia State. They return their whole team, they've had success. Uh, you know, they beat Georgia Tech last year. We saw what Georgia Tech did, uh, you know, at the end of, end of last year. So, I mean, they have to be at the top. Uh, you look at what Louisiana has coming back. I mean, they're absolutely loaded. Um, you know, even our rival South, uh, you know, I mean, the number of guys, four and five star guys, I mean, they're signing guys that I was recruiting at TCU. So they're, they're absolutely loaded. I mean, App State, you saw what they were capable of doing. They're bringing back their entire team. Uh, you know, Cliff Ellis has more wins than all of us combined. Uh, plus, he's got good talent there. I mean, there, there's, you know, Ar Arkansas State. I mean, yeah, they, they had a great little run there at the end of the season. Their whole team, it looks like, is returning. They're adding the Arkansas transfer that's as good as any player in the league. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could, I could probably go on and on and on, but um, th those are the ones that, you know, come to mind right off the top. But I, oh, I, I Absolutely, think, uh, we love hearing that, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we just like hearing good news about the Sun Belt. We really want to see the Sun Belt have a great run, not just uh, not just out of conference, but hopefully in the tournament too. Yeah, I'm betting that there's going to be a lot of non-conference uh, upsets where the Sun Belt goes on the road and plays a guaranteed game. I, I bet there's going to be – at least five of those, if I was guessing this year, at least five. So, I mean, you have several of those, and notably, week two, you go to Butler. How yeah. did that game kind of come about? Is, is that kind of just a bucket list for you that you want to go up to Indianapolis? Or, or Yeah, I mean, that's a great place to play. I did get to visit it uh, one year during the Final Four. There was a three-on-three kind of hoop-it-up tournament there, and this was – I don't know, second or third year when I could still play a little bit. And so we went there. I actually played uh, Mike Anderson uh, in the three-on-three. -three and, man, he was getting after it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an awesome uh, just basketball atmosphere. And so Coach Worley on our staff does a great job uh, with scheduling. Uh, you know, he saw that there was a need there, that they were offering, you know, quite a, a significant amount for, for a guarantee check. And, uh, you know, it worked out, and uh, we were able to get it done. Would you rather play kind of those pristine places or, or the power places, I guess you would call it, or do you like the mid-majors like you have with Tennessee Tech and Mercer later on in the season? Well, I mean, I think I, I think if you have a team that's, uh, you know, a veteran team that's probably picked to win the league, I would say then, you know, some of those schools like Butler that are, you know, in the little bit higher league that, you know, may be offering some money, uh, you know, we were able to do that a couple times uh, during my time in Arlington. Uh, th then I think it really, really does help you. 
Um, you know, I think the one thing for the Sun Belt for elevating the conference, in my opinion, is is a conference. We have to get away from the guarantees. We have to get away from the non-division ones, and we have to play as many home and homes, and we have to get as many home games as possible. So once we get to the point where we're putting enough people in the stands to where we're able to buy games, that's when you'll see the Sun Belt really, really elevate. And so, you know, right now, you know, quite a few of the teams are having to bring in money. That's just part of it. And, you know, I know every coach, you know, does what they're expected to do. But if you look at all the Power Five, you look at the next couple of conferences after that, they're all buying games. And I think that's how you really take the, the conference to the next level. I remember a couple seasons ago before uh, Gill even came aboard, uh, uh, the, 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 the call was for the Sun Belt to start playing more peer conferences, uh, CUSA, for instance, MAC, and, and those type of places. I, I, I would really like to see somewhere in the middle of the season, a little bit what the SEC and the Big 12 does is they take some time off the conference play and play each other for almost kind of like a tournament. Just give some real interest in these regional places that don't normally get to play each other. Would you advocate for something like that? Or do you look at that and oh. say, ah, that's a gimmick. That's really not anything we want to interrupt our conference play for. No, I think that's a great idea. I mean, if it's a light conference, it's hard to schedule games. Uh, you know, everybody, when they schedule, they're, they're trying to schedule as many W's as possible. Um, you know, that would be great for the leadership of the Sun Belt to go ahead and, and, you know, get that assigned. So we know we have one or two games every year from this conference or that conference. And uh, yeah, I think that is another way where you can elevate, elevate the conference. You're, you know, you're able to win eight or nine out of the 12 games that you play against a conference that may be one or two higher on paper than us, then all of a sudden, you know, it makes a case that our conference is, is definitely a level above. So yeah, definitely would be for that. You spoke earlier about changing the culture. As I said, I, I, I'm a big Scott Cross fan. So I know all about taking the stairs. Tell our listeners what that means to you and kind of how that drives the culture of your programs. Well, it just means, you know, not taking shortcuts in anything that we do. Like I want our guys to kind of have a hard hat mentality. Uh, you know, I don't want them looking for the easy way out because for us to win a championship, you know, we're going to have to have that mentality. We're not going to go in there and out talent Georgia State or South Alabama or Louisiana. I mean, those they're loaded. I mean, they got four and five star dudes. We have really good players too, but – uh, you know, for us to be successful, we got to adopt that hard hat mentality that we're going to be great defensively. We're going to dive on the floor. We're going to get deflections. We're going to take charges and not just, you know, on the basketball court, but in life, um, you know, in the classroom, that means, you know, turning in your homework on time. It means in the locker room, picking up the trash, putting up your stool. Uh, it means, you know, uh, having your shirt tail tucked in and not having a coach, uh, tell you it means taking accountability and ownership for the program and that's what I want our guys to do uh, it, it, and I see a lot of that in our guys like they're starting to coach each other like uh, before I'd have to you know drive and drive and say this over and over and over again now if I tell the guys hey get behind the line I say it one time then the next time they're like hey get get, get behind the line or you know we tell them one time to tuck their shirt in I don't have to tell them again whereas you know, in previous years, I'd have to tell them four or five times. And, 
you know, it, it was just, you know, certain guys maybe weren't all the way bought in and, and we're, we're past that now. I, I feel like we have uh, just about everybody bought in and I, I do think that it's going to translate to a lot better of a record this year, but only time will tell on that. All right. So Scott, when the season starts and, and the play starts, who do we need to look out for from Troy Trojans? Who's, who's going to be that guy that just springs out on the floor and stands out better than anybody else. Well, maybe that's unfair. Maybe I'm going to say who's somebody that we didn't expect to stand out is going to stand out this year. Yeah. I, you know, cause I, I would say we would be one of the most balanced teams um, in, in the league. I, I, I don't foresee us having a 20 point score, but I see us having, you know, six, seven guys that could get 10 on any, any given night. Uh, you know, I mean, Nick Stampley, obviously he's our, you know, leading returning scorer. Uh, you know, he was six foot four playing the center. Uh, he'll be playing a little bit more on the power forward. Uh, probably a name that, you know, you probably haven't heard about as much that could have a really good year would be a guy, uh, Cody Dean, that uh, transferred from Panola. Uh, you know, he, he's not very tall, but man, he's got a heart as big as this room. And uh, he's tough and he can he can shoot as good as anybody that I've ever coached. And so um, with that competitiveness and fire and shooting ability, I, I think he's going to have a really good year. You were talking about uh, this a short guy with a lot of heart. Can you think of anybody in the Sun Belt over the many years that you have that you are like that you would have to face and go, oh, God, not this guy again? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there, there's quite a few of them. Uh, you know, actually I, I remember coming here and playing, uh, uh, Wesley person and, and yes. he, had 10, he had 10 threes against us in a game. And, and I think we fouled him on three or four of them and he made them all. And so he had like three <laughs> or four opportunities to get four point plays. But I remember him being a guy that, you know, absolutely scared, scared me to death. Uh, I'll tell you another one was, uh, coach Hunter's son. Uh, he, he absolutely terrified me, uh, you know, every time we actually, I think we had a lead, <clears throat> maybe uh, a three point lead with a couple seconds left and he caught it and he shot it from about the volleyball line fading away, makes it game goes in overtime. We lose in overtime. We played about as good as we possibly could have played. And he just, uh, he just willed them to win. But I mean, yeah, there's there there there's been so many. Uh, well, here's another one. Uh, Devontae Jones probably scared me as much as any player I've ever went. You know, if you go back and you look at our games on the road, we played them. Uh, we had them down, I think, twenty, and uh, he, down the stretch, he just willed them the victory. He got steal after steal, offensive rebound, probably scored the last twelve points of each game. I mean, just uh, a phenomenal player. So. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. There's a lot of uh, very, very talented guys. I, you know, I think that guy's going to have an amazing year at Michigan. Uh, you know, I think he's a, he's a guy who stayed one more year, probably could have went to the NBA from from the Sun Belt, but uh, he, he he's a special talent. Yeah, that Wesley person, he and uh, I think it was Renata was his sort of big man yes. running mate on that team. and He scared and, us too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I As an Arkansas State guy, I hated those guys. They were so good. So, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, I had also one last question too. There, there's, But there's some rumors, there's some talk that UTA and University of Arkansas or at Little Rock 
will be phased out of the Sun Belt in the next couple of years. Do you have any thought on that, the, the basketball-only schools? Do, is there any, does that affect you in any way as you're preparing for this season? It doesn't affect me at all. I mean, you know, obviously I have zero, zero say on that. I mean, I think both of them provide a lot basketball-wise for us, but I don't, you know, I know a lot of everything is uh, football-driven and, uh, you know, I love going to the football games here and the Sunbelt Conference and football is really, really good. I mean, you can see that uh, through the scores um, each week. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have any information on that, but uh, – yeah, whatever they do, uh, you know, if they're if they're here, we'll uh, we'll treat it just like any other game. And if they're gone, I know they're going to bring in teams that are really, really good, just like them. So uh, no matter how you slice it and dice it, the conference is always going to be tough and you better be ready to play every single night. So you traded sort of your chief rival, Texas State, to now South Alabama. Is it, yeah. is it... <laughs> and unfortunately, I've not fair. We have not fared too well in that <laughs> series. Uh Thought we had them uh, down there this past year, and uh, we let it slip through our hands. So, yeah, we're looking uh, to definitely change that. Uh, we have to because I know how important that game is, not just uh, to me, but the fans and the the administration. So, yeah, we have we have that game circle for sure. Yeah, I, I, I blame all that still on Ronnie Arrow from his days at South Alabama. I, I think his ghost is still in that place. I know he's alive and well and all, but – you know, I, I think that his coaching is still going up and down the sidelines and, and propelling them to victory over and over again. That guy is a grinder, man. He he worked his tail off. And uh, I, I remember my very, very first year he was at Corpus Christi. And so I was running all kinds of junk defenses, trying to, you know, mess with people. And I remember we hopped into like a triangle and two, and it was like their guys immediately went to set and like I went back and watched it and my eyes just got big. I was like, okay, welcome, welcome to the big leagues. Now this dude is a coach. Like I just, I, I was just, I, I was amazed at how prepared he had those guys. And it was like, they didn't even blink. And so, uh, yeah, that he, he was really, really good for sure. Well, Coach Cross, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of, out of the day here to join us on the Fun Belt podcast, talking Fun Belt basketball. Look forward to talk to you. Maybe we'll, We'll be able to talk to you right before Pensacola. And, you know, we're talking about how you're the one seed and you'll, you'll have time for us on the Wednesday night before you get to play on the Saturday. Hey, we're the one seed. You got as much time as, as you need. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. We'll be asking for it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on.